insert awesome podcast jingle here. Welcome back, everybody. It's good to see you again. It's been a week. <laughs> and uh, here we are, episode two of the Life's Corner podcast, and I'm your bestest friend in the world while you're listening to me, Dave. So how's life been since we last had a conversation since the first episode? I like to call it 1.5, but it's not half of one. So, or it's not one and a half. It's more, I, I, I'm thinking 1.5 more like, uh, you know, how they do that with TV shows sometimes, but I don't know, brain fart. Anyway, this one is about staying on the sober wagon course i have to say my own title and it's important this is an important one especially for everybody who's just started saying i'm done with drinking or sober also being i'm done with drugs i'm done with whatever but i'm i'm mostly focusing on alcohol because i i mean i smoked weed when i was um a teenager you know stuff like that but i never really did anything hardcore um I uh, I just had a really bad problem with alcohol, and I was always the one saying, "No, I don't have a problem." That's the moment when you know you have a problem is by denying it. When you're in denial, you just uh, you know, you're you're just trying to push that aside, like I'll get to it later. But you never do because all you want to do is drink, and in the beginning, all you want to do is have fun. You're waiting. It's Wednesday, Wednesday. And you're sitting there waiting and you're going, man, I can't wait till Friday. Because once Friday's done, once work's done on Friday, I'm going to buy all the alcohol I can and just get messed right up. That was me. And then Friday comes around and Friday morning, you have to go to work, but you got paid. Now, a lot of people that I worked with in the restaurant industry, <laughs> um, once it was payday, those were the major partiers and they were the ones always calling in sick that morning. Like they're supposed to work the night shift. I can't come in. I'm dying. I'm dead. And the boss is like, well, we know you got paid today and I know what you do. So you're either going to come in or you're going to get laid off. And they're coming in and they're mad because they had plans at eight o'clock and they don't close. They don't get out of closing till 11. So they're mad they They lose three hours or more, even depending on how late you close, they lose time on their drinking. But me, I was always excited. I was like, I run to work because the the thing that I did with my job as a cook at one of the places I worked at, specifically one of the, the one place I worked at, they had at the time an off sale. So it's like I can go grab my case. And because uh, I always drank the same beer, I grab my case and. Uh, pardon me, uh, grab my case and then I wait for my ride to show up. And then boom, gone. Because back then I didn't really drive. Now I do, but I don't now. Back back then I didn't. But the point is, I know I'm. I apologize. We're talking about something you're trying to get rid of, right? But I'm at the point where I can talk about it. You might not be at the point where you can listen about it. But this is. But sometimes you have to face it, in order for you to get past it. Because when I started, um, when I started quitting, like when I started my sobriety, the hardest thing for me to do was to be around people that were drinking, to go into a bar. And to just literally just, and one time I smelt beer. Someone was drinking near me and it um, made me upset. 
made me super upset. Like I, I just was like, I don't no, no, I have to leave. I have to leave. I it was in the middle of a function and I was like, no, I got to go. And I basically just walked out. And if you're new, that is the, if you're like starting out the first year, that's going to be, depending on how hard you went to how much you drank, that's going to be one of your biggest obstacles. But the, and then another huge thing that's going to happen is once you tell everyone, yo, I'm done, they're all going to leave. They're all going to go away. Um, everyone you drank with is going to look at you different because they're like, well, you're not one of us anymore. But that's okay. I lost, I wouldn't say lost, okay? A lot of people that I used to drink with decided to leave. I didn't lose anything. I gained everything. That's the mindset you have to remember is you're not losing anything. You're gaining. You look down the road and you say, okay, my first goal is to get that year. Or at least six months. You get to that six months, you gained. Because your body's healing. Go look online. I don't know the exact science behind it, but the longer you quit drinking, your liver heals back up. Your body, even though your brain is like telling you, I need that alcohol, I need to get drunk. Your body, the rest of your body is going, yo, we don't need it. I feel great. And by the time you hit that year, you will feel so much better. But at the same time, there's like even today, like I said on the last one, I'm over two years sober and there are still times today where I am, my brain goes, we need to have that alcohol. We need to have that drunk feeling. So I've, I've come up with a plan for myself, which is the, which is the focal point of this episode is staying off the sober wagon, staying off. I mean, wait, that's backwards. Staying on, sorry. I mean, staying off the path of drinking, you know, staying on the sober wagon. Sorry, my bad. It's, it's been a day. Um, not a bad day, though. It's been a great day, actually. And um, I'm human, too. We can make mistakes. Staying on the sober path. I don't look at it as a wagon so much. I just look at it as a road. And I know it's a long road. Because as a recovering alcoholic, and that's a title you need to proudly give yourself. So people go, oh, yeah, you were an alcoholic. And I'm like, I'm a recovering alcoholic. Yes. I hated that word. And I said this in the original podcast. Um, and I'll say it again. I hated that title when I was drinking alcoholic. because, And when you're drunk, that's the one word that sets you off. Like, oh, look at him. He's an alcoholic. And you're like, oh, I want to rip your face off. And now after going through all those AA meetings and everything that I did and, and um, you know, still... Uh, still reading the blue book and everything, I proudly say I'm a recovering alcoholic because it's the recovering part that makes the title better because it's, it shows the world that you are trying, that you're putting an effort in making your life better. And that's, that's, all, that's all we're trying to do, right? You know, every, everyone else has the mindset of we live to die. Yes, we, we live and we die, but at the same time, it's we want to try to make the biggest, best life for ourselves while we're alive. And some people, unfortunately, think that life is all nothing but, you know, alcohol, drugs, all that stuff. And that's their jam, you know, but it's not mine. And it's hopefully not yours. Because me talking to you on this thing, I'm hoping and praying, um, yes, I'm a Christian. 
we'll get into faith one of these episodes, but I'm proud to say I am. Uh, that's another thing some people do too, is when they're recovering, is they'll look to God. If you used to go to church, they'll they'll go back to church. Um, even before I decided I want to quit, 2018, I was still drinking, but not as much. I was more focusing on my, my physical health. But there was a time in my life where I realized I hit so far bottom that I needed that I lost a lot of more things that were important to me, which one of them was my faith, because I grew up in a church. Basically, I grew up going to well, I grew up in a church, but I grew up going to church every Sunday. Um, <clears throat> that was my mom's thing. You know, she was like, I'm, you know, you guys are going to come church to me. We did it since we were four years old. Um, and then I stopped going when I was 16, which to me, to be honest, was probably most likely one of my biggest regrets that I stopped going, but at the same time, um, you know, they ended up selling my church <laughs> that I went to back home and someone was turning it into a house. It's actually last I checked, I think it's still a line for sale. Um, but the point I'm making is back then I was going through so much at the time, too much toxicity in my life. Um, and, and I was so down in the dumps about a lot of things that I just, I felt that one of the things I needed to get back the most was my faith. So I went to a church in the city here, um, hung out with some people. I mean, I ended up screwing that up too for myself because my drinking got in the way, but at the time I was having fun and I was, you know, just like looking, I was looking to the Bible for answers. Um, and they were the wrong answers too. I was asking the wrong questions. But when I think about it now, I um, <clears throat> I look for better answers. I look for answers from within. Um, I have a Bible upstairs in my living room that's on my shelf where my comic books are. Well, some of my comic books, not all of them. And I'm trying to put it on myself that every time I, I, I want to open it, I just read a page. I was aiming for reading a page a day, but... Sometimes I, with my ADHD, I keep getting sidetracked and, and I keep putting other things in front of myself, which is a problem I blame my wife for too sometimes where she, she never puts any, she never puts herself first for anything. She never does any me time. Um, I keep encouraging her to like, she had a, a couple of days off of work after Christmas and I'm like, okay, you're going to sit here and you're going to take the day and you're going to do whatever you want to do. And she did. And I'm proud of her. But back to the subject. I know I kind of veer off. Um, but staying on the path of sobriety, the biggest thing that when you have those cravings is, and this is not a big secret, but it works. It works for me. Non-alcoholic beer. And you find one that's, if you're a beer drinker, you find one that's closest to the taste that you had on the beer that you were used to drinking. For me, I used to drink, and I know you're all going to hate this, because I live in Saskatchewan, and one of our biggest locally brewed beers is Pilsner. And a lot of people hate that taste, and I hated it too, kind of, but it was the beer that got me drunk the fastest. So when it comes to non-alcoholic beer, um, I drink Heineken Zero, and it's good. I like it. It's a refreshing taste. But the best thing is you don't have to feel guilty about drinking it because you don't get drunk. You just, you'd have a nice cold beer 
and you get that your brain gets that whole thing like oh yes a beer and then it wonders why aren't we intoxicated but the craving's gone you leave it confused it's like you know the parts of your brain that 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 crave for that addiction are like where where's where's the drunk it's like you told it a nice it's like you told it a nice joke but it didn't get the punchline <laughs> but then it walks away satisfied how that works i have no idea but that's what it does to me so every every like once a week or whatever i buy a six pack put it in my mini fridge down here in the office and you know every once in a while just crack a cold one and it works for me because it's like hey i can still be an adult i can still have my adult beverage but it's non-alcoholic here's an interesting funny story short story though because um i walked in I, I usually get mine from Safeway because the best thing about non-alcoholic beer is you can get it from department stores or, well, I mean, big stores like, uh, not department stores. I don't even know if they exist anymore. They do, but Walmart, Safeway, all those big ones, like they, they carry them because they're non-alcoholic. But I went into a Sobeys liquor store and uh, went and pack, picked up a case of Heineken Zero, took it to the counter, and the lady goes, you do realize this is non-alcoholic, right? I'm like, yep. I said, I've been pulled out my app, my I Am Sober app, showed her. I've been sober for this many days. I think it was like a couple weeks ago or so. So I was probably, I know it was like somewhere in the 1,030 range. And she goes, oh, me too. She's like, I've been sober for about nine months now. And I go, well, congratulations. That's amazing. I'm, I said, I'm very proud of you. And she goes, well, I'm proud of you as well. I was like, I'm like, it's one, and then one thing they tell you in AA is, you know, take it one day at a time. And that's what I told her. Just one day at a time. Right. And she goes, exactly. Cause her face lit up. I, I'm pretty sure she was in meetings too. Um, but, <clears throat> um, excuse me. Sorry. Still getting over that, that cold I was having the other day with the, my nose. So, but so yeah, so we walked away. She was happy smiling. I was happy smiling. We were all doing good. But that's that's the biggest secret is um is non-alcoholic beer. Finding positive activities too is also very important. Um because it gets your mind off of it. I'm not saying keep yourself remotely um, okay. There's a difference between keeping yourself busy, like those those people that like have six jobs. I know I'm highly exaggerating it, but you get what I'm saying. They're always working, but no, I'm not talking about working. You need to balance work and life. Keep work at work. Keep life with life. Separate the two. But when you're enjoying life, find something positive. It's all about positivity. You got to find something positive. Because sobriety is nothing about nothing but positivity. If you keep your life happy and interesting, you're not going to need to care about it anymore. Your brain's not going to pay attention anymore because you're too busy, excited about what's happening around you. That's the ultimate biggest secret. And the best thing I love about being able to talk to you about these experiences and giving my advice as a friend to a friend is that everybody out there who gets impacted by this even if it's just one person like i mentioned in the first episode that person sent me an email that makes my life even more positive seeing that everybody else out there said hey you know what i took a little bit of the advice that you gave me and i tried to apply it to my own life and boom look at me go 
and it's not going to be an overnight success. I, uh, that's one thing I can guarantee you. It's not an overnight success. It's something you have to work for. Keyword, work. Now, I'm not a life coach. I mean, I could be maybe. I mean, if, <clears throat> I think I don't I think I give good you know, talks because I've spent my life paying attention to what everyone else in the world is doing. I have seen I have seen people even in my own life. I've seen people climb to the top of the ladder of their life and are very successful even today. And I've seen people go to the depths of Hades. Basically, uh, I'm trying not to swear on my own podcast, but they go down to the bottom of the pits of purgatory, in a sense. <laughs> I'm a supernatural fan. Um, and they they never climb out because they 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 just they lost all ambition to do something better with their life. But me and you, we're sitting here having a conversation and I'm telling you, I'm not making you any promises, okay? Because the last thing the last thing you need is someone to, to sit there and, and sell you on something that might not happen because I'm someone who's done it myself. Like for instance, I wanted to try some things. Um, after I sold my dad's house and bought my dream car and I paid off all my debts, literally, yes, over $15,000 worth of debts I paid off. And, um, so now the only bills I pay are our credit card is a credit card bill and, cell phone bill we pay for the bills for the house all that stuff like you know i'm i'm i I like to say that i'm not it's not a brag it's more like i'm proud of myself but i like to say that i am personally living more comfortably in my own skin and in my own life because of the amazing people i have around me than i ever have in the last 15 20 years so anyway back to the subject i decided that with with the with some of the money i was gonna um start a couple side businesses one being the retro game selling that we do today we've made cards we're working on a website all that stuff um we're going to be working on a website because it's online only really or and in person but we don't have a physical store because i don't see the need for it nowadays anymore you know like i i think people care more for buying stuff online than they do for walking in the store so and then another guy I, I follow on TikTok from Northern Saskatchewan has a, has a physical store and it got broken into. Those are the kind of things that I really don't feel I should need to deal with. But anyway, that's not the thing I'm talking about. The thing I'm talking about is, so I decided I want to try something that out there they call drop shipping. And what drop shipping really is, is you go find a supplier. Um, like say you go to AliExpress or whatever and you find a supplier. And you take one of their products and you put it on a website. And it has to be a product that people want. Because if they don't want it, they're going to pass by your shop and say, nope. And then you got to make a Shopify store, which is like, what, 50, 60 bucks a month to keep running? So there you go. You already spent 60 bucks. You don't have to spend anything on getting the product. But what they do advise you to do is to buy one piece of that product, get it shipped to you so you can use it as an advertisement, which is something I didn't do because I'm an idiot. So I made the store. I put some products up. We had like two sales. Two sales. And a boatload of traffic. But that's it. I think we made like 60 bucks off of it. We basically made back one month of the website. Or like one month of the Shopify fees. And that was it. And and it was because I was watching on YouTube. And all these little YouTube gurus 
quote-unquote gurus which they're not because i'd rather trust someone who's been doing this for 25 years and not someone who's like 25 years old and only been doing it for six months but they're like and i promise you you will see returns <laughs> what they don't tell you is they promised you that you will see 25 bucks to 60 bucks of returns and that's it but yet they show you on there that they did the exact same thing you did and they made three thousand dollars in a month mm -mm. It's because of the things they didn't show you that they did is how they made it. But point being, I'm not promising you the world. I'm not promising you that my advice is 100% effective. Just because it works for me doesn't mean it works for you because my life and how I got here is a way different story and path than where you are and what you've been through. And I don't know your story, but you do. Only you are the one who knows how to adapt what I'm giving you as advice or the tools I'm trying to give you. You're the only one who knows how to adapt those into your life to make it work. It's the puzzle that your life has created and you're the only one who knows how to put it back together. But what I can tell you is that once you figure out that puzzle, you will be a lot more happier. Um... And if, if your drinking was also tied in with mental health, like depression, all that stuff, um, same rules apply kind of. And, and when I said about getting a hobby and turning, tur turning your life into doing positive things when you're not working, or else if it's your job that also makes you down, change jobs, do something new. I used to, I cooked for over 20 years of my life and I stopped. I stopped, that's what, 2024? Three years ago because i got covid and then uh i just i was so worn out from covid and co and i was only sick for like what 20 some hours but i stayed positive for two weeks after but i only was sick for like not even a day and then um because i've got a really wickedly crazy hardcore immune system i guess i mean that's up sorry i apologize that's for another day though um, but the, um, you know, so then I stopped doing it and then I was like, you know, that, that, that job was always was the job that made me want to drink and kind of brought me down. So I changed what I did and I haven't looked back. Yeah. Some days I miss it, but I can cook at home. I just don't, I can't like cook in a restaurant. I don't feel I should do that ever again. So. But that's, that's how you can change. And like I said in the first episode, in the last episode, if you're, in, if you're in a place that you feel is, is trying to hold you back from living a happy, sober life, a happy, a happy, a happy sober life, um, change it. Change the whole thing. If you don't have the money to move, sell, the thing, sell things that you don't care for anymore. Go through everything that you have. And if you feel you don't need it, or it's something that reminds you of the days of when all you did was drink or bad times, sell it. Because the, the thing about it is that you can recreate, rebuild, sorry, you can rebuild a happier, positive life and you can buy new things to replace the things you sold. But now it will be like, hey, I bought this on a day where I was having an extremely amazing day and decided to go for a walk and went shopping and this is what I picked up. Like today, for instance, I woke up, I went to bed last night, 10, 11, woke up at 
7.30 a.m., not 4.30 a.m. like I do most days, but 7.30 a.m. I had an amazing, amazing sleep. Crazy weird dream, but I had amazing sleep. And I woke up, and I wake up every morning, and I pray. Excuse me again, burp. And I pray, and, and I um, thank I thank the Lord for blessing me with another day of being alive. I do that every single morning because I'm one thing that we, people take for granted for is they think we have the right to be here or that we're entitled. Yes, we were born, but we are fragile humans. We're fragile creatures. We can we can be flicked off the board anytime. There was an actor in a show that I really loved called Designated Survivor. There was an actor who passed away on the 8th of January. He was my age. And he died from appendix cancer. Which is a super rare form of cancer. That not a lot of people have died from over the years. I mean, Audrey Hepburn died from it. And a couple other people well known, but... Like, it's super rare. And this guy was 42 years old in great shape. Probably, I don't even, and, and I'm, I don't know if he lived healthy or not. You know, God rest his soul. But still, that's how fragile this life is. So I'm thankful for every day that I have on this planet. I'm thankful for being able to wake up with my kids and my wife. I'm, I'm very thankful for being able to stand outside in the freezing cold air. Yesterday, when we were, when I was taking my wife to work, I walked outside and I took a huge inhale of, of, the cool air and I shouldn't do that because I'm asthmatic but I had to because the smell of winter I love it I missed it we haven't did we did have we had a brown Christmas we didn't have any snow but still it was like oh and the reason why I'm telling you these things off the beaten path of our topic is because I want you to be able to say that to somebody else to wake up in the morning and say damn it's good to be alive today because there's so much to look forward to who knows what's going to happen 20 years from now in terms of anything? The stuff we've discovered in space. Oh, I love space. I've loved it since I was a kid. Huge Star Trek fan. Um, the advancements in medical, in technology. I mean, I know there's a lot of bad going on out there too. Wars and all that stuff and, and politics. But I kind of just look around that stuff and look for the things that keep me interested. Because one, I'm not a politician and I'm not a soldier. So I don't need to pay attention to it. But I do read it sometimes, though. I do keep an eye on it, but I don't... You get what I'm saying? It's like, you know it's there, but you're not glued to it. Because you're like, okay, I read that. That's happening. But what else is happening? What's the most positive thing happening? And all these distractions is keeping me on my sober path, is what I'm trying to tell you. Is It all leads back to what we were talking about. Because once you're sober, once you stay sober, once you've been there for a year... Your eyes, your brain, everything's everything looks more clearly. I mean, like, well, I mean, my your eyes, you can see more clearly, you can think more clearly. Everything that alcohol clouded shows up, and you're like, wow. And I had that same thing. You can ask my wife. I had that same day, that same epiphany, that same. I was looking around, going, whoa, and she goes, what? And I said, I noticed colors that that seemed dull to me before when I was drinking. I noticed. Little minute details. And when I was a kid growing up, I loved every little thing. I was that kid that all, you know, all the other kids cared about the new bike they got or the new Super Nintendo they got. 
I had a I had a new bike, I had a new Super Nintendo, but here I was sitting in the grass in my backyard watching a watching a butterfly land on the ground and fly again. You know, little things about life I cared about cuz I just wanted to be in the moment. And when you're sober, you get to be in the moment more than when you were drunk. Because you're paying attention to every tiny detail. And if you have OCDs and you're sober, like I do, it kind of semi drives you crazy because those little those little details that you need to fix are like, bam, right in your face. But still, you're there. You get to do it. You get to pay attention to it. When you're drinking, you don't care. All you care about is the next sip. All you care about is, oh, I'm going to have five more. Here's my Here's my drinking example. Okay, 2020, COVID. I spent more time drinking than doing anything else that in, from March all the way to December, the end of December. Um, one, in, in Canada here, they gave us payments, $2,000 a month for those of us who were kicked out of our jobs because of COVID. And I qualified because I was. And, um, I spent, I only think about the math, $2,000 you get in your account. I only had to pay $600 for rent. I had, I think my cell phone bill was less than a hundred bucks. Yeah. And, uh, the rest was alcohol. So if you do the math, I can't do the math right now, but if you... <laughs> If you take out a calculator and do the math of the numbers I just said, that's how much I spent on alcohol a month. There were days, and I was drinking almost every day. The only days I weren't wasn't drinking was when Crystal was around. We weren't living together at the time, by the way. Remember this? I was. This is if you look at the last episode. I was saying this is when I was staying in the basement suite, or the basement room, um, with my former roommate Blaine. He had his room, I had my room, but I drank all the time. I was spending more time drinking and on YouTube, and, and here's how bad it was. It was so bad that I would start at 9 in the morning because most of the place is open by then. Go grab, first I started with a 12 of Pilsner. Usually buy bottles because cans, I don't know, bottles just were better for me, but I'll take cans if I need to. And then, and then I was like, okay, I'm drunk, but my brain's like, not drunk enough. So if I didn't walk, I'd Uber it. But the thing is, where I lived, I was basically, you stand outside on the driveway, you could see the off sale. Literally, it's like corner to corner almost. You could throw a walk, a walk? You throw a walk, the frying pan. Throw a rock into, into their parking lot from where I lived. I walk over there and I'd buy an 18 of Pilsner now. 18 of cans because they only sell they only sold sixes and twelves or no sorry only twelves of cans no they had 18 of bottles I think they got rid of them after a while and switched over to cans but point being I drink the 18 and I used to smoke back then too so I'd also buy two packs of smokes and sometimes the off sale had their own they sold cigarettes but they were also more expensive so I was then then the regular convenience store. So I'd buy two packs of those two because I didn't care. I had two thousand bucks, man, or whatever I had left. You did the calculations, I'm assuming. Whatever I had left, I didn't care because I was drunk and I was like, I'll I I spent <laughs> the whole thing. So remember, so I was drinking 
9 a.m. Okay. So by one o'clock, I, that's, that's because I drank fast. So I had that 12 pack done in two hours. So by, by 11, yeah, 11 o'clock, um, I'd go back and buy an 18. I drink that 18 and, uh, and have the smokes. And then I would come home and drink that. That would take me a good three, four hours. And then I'd go back and get another one. And then I would either keep drinking all night or until I would just be like, ugh, and then pass out and then do it all again the next day. It was this constant. And I remember those memories. I, I never forgot a thing when I was drinking. That's the problem is most people, when they get drunk, they're like, oh, what happened? Not me. I remember every day that I would go to the off sale and talk to the dude that worked there. His name was Zach. Cool guy. But I remember we'd chit chat about video games and stuff while I'm standing there with my case. And, you know, I, since I was close enough to my house, I wasn't rushing. I wasn't like, okay, I need to get home and drink. I was more like, I was already drunk. So I'm like, yeah, it's cool walking home in the winter or even in the summer and, you know, just blasting my headphones, going back to the house. Like I was a mess, but I don't miss any of it. Your brain will sometimes tell you you do, but you don't. I'm ha I'm sitting here with a, you hear that? That's my cup. That's my iced coffee. This is my new addiction. <laughs> we home make our own. Trust me. She, I, t I keep telling. I don't tell her a lot, but I, you, she, if she ever listens to this, Crystal, you're going to hear this. She, I, I believe she needs to bottle this stuff up and, and sell it because this stuff is amazing. Like, oh, she told me her little recipe yesterday and I was blown out. My brain was like blew my mind. But anyway, this about wraps up for this episode. Um, like I said before, and on every episode, I'm always going to put the email down in the description. Feel free to write me anytime. Anytime. Let's have a chat. Let's have a conversation. Tell me how your life is going. I can't fix your life for you, but I can at least listen to you. And uh, thank you for listening to me. And thank you for the support. Thank you for everything. You guys are... Uh, are important not just to I think what's more important is I just like having an audience that I can talk to and some and an audience that can relate to me but I don't know anything about you that's why I open up lines of communication so if you want me to know who you are and want to have a conversation sure send me send me an email all are welcome so And if you're a gamer, even more of a plus. So am I. Twitch.tv slash Mills98. Anyway. Anywho, have a great rest of your weekend coming up. This was Friday, January 12th, 2024. Have a great, safe weekend. And have fun. Hug your family. Spend time with your parents if you still have them. Minor in heaven. Um, but if you're just still around... Go spend time with them. Go watch their shows that you probably don't like, but it doesn't matter if you like them or not because you just need to sit in the room. Trust me. Do it from someone who wishes I could see them again. If you can see yours, go hug them. Tell them you love them. Tell them you miss them if you don't live with them. Show them that they're important. All your family, grandparents, uncles, aunties, everyone that you get along with, and go spend time with them. Trust me, my biggest regret in my life 
growing up was I spent more time running around looking for relationships and stuff like that and uh and not spending time with my family and all of a sudden poof my mom got sick and then she died my biggest regret to this day is I didn't get to spend enough I didn't I didn't well I didn't I chose not to spend time with my family I regret making those decisions and if you have family that's still alive don't do the same things I did go spend time with them trust me you will you will thank me for that later because you need to build more memories even though you're older you're never too old to hang out with your family go make memories that that's my assignment for you today <laughs> and if you're older than me i'm in my 40s um and your parents are still luckily alive still take the advice even if they're elderly parents go spend time with them go make them supper sit with them have a chat you know you're never too old to love your family. So, and you're never too busy for them. Drop what you're doing. If they live out of state or out of province, say, you know what? Call them up. Hey, I'm going to come visit you this weekend. Or I'm going to come stay at your, I'm going to come stay with you for a couple days. I want to come spend time with you. They will, their brains will, because <laughs> they're not expecting it. So. Go do that. That's your assignment. Spend time with family. Love you all. Cheers to an, cheers to another 24 hours. Whoop, burp. See you in the next episode. Bye-bye.